This is episode 264, and today we're chatting about macro management, testing and checking on your hormone levels, actions that lead to brain fog, getting on and off the wagon, and so, so much more. Thanks so much for listening. I'm so glad we're hanging out today. If you have questions about today's content, you can head to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. Today is a Q&A episode. I really, really enjoy these. I hope you do too. And you might be wondering, how do I submit my questions? Well, if you go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and you submit your question there, it will be featured on a future episode. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. When you're on that page, just look for episode 264. You may need to scroll down a little bit to find it, but it will be there with all the notes and links. I'm going to be referencing quite a lot of things that I've created in the past. (laughs) I don't love recreating the wheel when it comes to specific questions. And because I've put out so much free content out there on the internet, I always like to reference those. Um, If you're newer to Healthful Pursuit, if you're newer to the Keto Diet Podcast, you may not have heard of episode 10 where we chatted about XYZ and one, two, three, and can be really helpful to reference those things. So if you're unsure of where any of those resources are, no big deal. Just go to ketodietpodcast.com, scroll down until you find episode 264, and all of the links and everything will be there. A couple of relevant things. Um, If you're enjoying this conversation, there are two things you might want to check out in addition to our conversation today. The first one is Keto for Women. It's a book that I wrote. It's pretty awesome if I do say so myself. It's a paperback book. You can find it at any major bookstore. You can also go to ketodietbook.com to see all of the places online that you can order the book. There are so many pages. There's so much information and it's really geared toward women. That is the majority of our conversation here on the Keto Diet Podcast. So if you want to go a little bit deeper and you like the physicalness of a book, Keto for Women may be for you. And a step further beyond that is my 12-week ketogenic program specifically developed for women but two ladies myself and dr nina lewis larson we developed this program it's 12 weeks it guides you through everything that you could possibly need on your keto journey and for our vips there's three different levels that you can join into for happy keto body at the top level our vip option you get to chat with dr nina lewis larson every month on a group call. So everyone submits their questions. There's back and forth content. It's really, really great. So you can find out more by going to happyketobody.com. Oh my gosh. I wish these resources were there for me when I was starting keto back in 2014. Oh my goodness. That would have been so much better than all the struggles that I went through, but you know, I did it for all of us. So now you don't have to fumble where I fumbled. So without further ado, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel. You're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've created a free guide with tips on how to start keto and maintain your fat-fueled life. Grab it at healthfulpursuit.com slash free as a little thank you for listening to the show. All 
Our first question is from Caroline. Hi, Leanne. I started listening recently to your podcast and you told us to contact you if you have suggestions about a subject we would like you to talk about. So I would like it if you could talk about keto versus pain. I started keto to try to make it help my chronic pain. I just saw one episode, episode 200, talking about anti-inflammation. I would like to hear people who've seen pain slowly disappear or improve with this kind of eating. Thank you so much for your consideration and time. Sorry for my English. Have a nice day. All good in the hood, Caroline. I'm so glad that you're listening to the show and welcome. I'm so glad that you found us. So a couple of thoughts as I was reading through your question, I experience um, <laughs> on and off again pain depending on what I've eaten. So it might be really cool to track the food that you're eating. You can do this. You don't have to do this like fancy in an app or anything like literally just grab a little notebook, carry it around in your purse or leave it by your nightstand. And every night before you go to bed, just write down what you ate and the symptoms that you had. And so this is really how I've determined many things too. If I eat chocolate too late at night, I get a headache. When I have grains, my left finger, my left index finger hurts. If I have dairy, I get acne on my forehead. All of these things were determined through food journaling. And there's a bazillion more. I could literally take up an entire podcast episode dedicated to all the things I've learned about my body with a food journal. So you keep this food journal handy and you write down all the things and you might start to see that the pain you're experiencing now, I, you didn't get specific about what type of pain you're experiencing, but I would assume that it's like joint pain, maybe muscle pain, headaches, that sort of thing can really, really be caused by the food you're eating. Now, even too, a lot of people think, okay, well, if I go keto, then all of a sudden my pain is going to go away. It takes quite a while for the pain to subside. And the pain is going to be reduced by a couple of things. One is not eating a lot of sugar, if any, that's a big one. Number two is you're not eating any grains on keto, if any. The problem with standard ketogenic protocol, and it's continued even over the last six years, is that some keto protocols will still include some form of grain, usually corn. I see that in a lot of the supplements and quick snacks. So that's something to look for as well. But just generally speaking, keto is going to be pretty anti-inflammatory. Now, two things that keto involves quite a lot of when you switch it over keto that can cause more pain is going to be dairy. Okay, that's number one. If you're still consuming dairy on your ketogenic protocol, and you're still experiencing pain, and you're like, what's going on? Look at the dairy. Now you can start with big things or little things, depending on your approach. One really, really easy swap out is milk and any form of liquid dairy. Okay, so your milk, your yogurt, um, sour cream is a little bit challenging to replace. Any of your whipped creams, high fat creams, these can all be replaced with things like coconut milk, almond milk, oh, hemp seed milk, pumpkin seed milk, cashew milk, Brazil milk. There are so many options. Um, when it comes to more of the whipped cream, I really like a full fat coconut milk or a cream, a coconut cream milk. And you can get all these in cans or Tetra packs, depending on what you have available. Cause you did say, sorry for your English. I don't know where you're located, but most places will have some sort of creamed coconut, which makes it easier. Now, depending on your location, there is a brand called Kite Hill um, that's in the USA that is phenomenal, phenomenal for yogurt and cream cheeses and dips uh, that are very, very low in carbs. In Canada, I believe it's called Koyo. Koyo, is that right? Koyo, it's like super yoso. 
there's so many different brands. Literally, just go to your grocery store, go to the dairy aisle and just re dedicate yourself for like an hour at the grocery store. You don't even need to buy anything. Just go there, check it out, see what's available, read the back, look at the carbohydrate amount and kind of play around with, okay, I'm going to buy this yogurt today and see how I can incorporate it in this way. And if it doesn't work, that's cool. Enjoy it as best you can. Throw a lot of berries on it and try again the next day so or the next week or whatever. But just this slow incorporation of non-dairy items will be really important specifically if you're experiencing pain. There was another one. What was my thought? There was dairy. Oh yes, nightshades. Okay, so uh, nightshades, the popular ones on the ketogenic diet, it's gonna be tomatoes and spicy things. So bell peppers are part of that. Potatoes are part of that, but you're probably not eating much potato on your ketogenic diet. So bell peppers, any sort of spicy like cayenne pepper, chili pepper, um, any of those spicy things, and tomatoes. Tomatoes are very, very popular on the ketogenic diet diet, even just a dash here, a sprinkle here, paste here, sauce here, and it really adds up and it can contribute to pain if the source of your pain is inflammation. Now there's actually an episode that I did on a supplement that I recommend oh, time and time and time and time and time and time again for inflammation. And this is CBD oil. I have a feeling you've probably heard of CBD oil because it is a very popular thing nowadays. Now, I first heard about CBD oil actually in 2013. I was at a wellness seminar in Nova Scotia and um, there was this um, individual beside me. I had a booth and they had a booth and we were just talking and she was raving about how awesome CBD oil was. And at the time I had no idea what CBD was. And she was talking about the conoidal system and how we have the system throughout our body that mirrors the lymphatic system, but is specifically for cannabinoids. And this is all the body, this part of the body does is deliver these uh, cannabinoids to certain areas of the body. And so if you are dealing with pain, on a daily basis, that endocannoidal system can be really, really helpful in the receptors to help you reduce the amount of pain you're experiencing. And really by addressing inflammation. Now there are so, so, so many ways to reduce your inflammation. And like I said, keto is really, really going to help with that just overall. But if you want a, I don't want to say quick fix, but in conjunction with a balanced eating style, a balanced lifestyle, drinking tons of water. I find lemon juice is also really helpful for just keeping uh, more of an alkaline space. I'm going to suggest that you listen to episode 248 of the podcast. So if you're listening to this on a player, you can just go back to the main page and look for episode 248. If you're listening to this anywhere else, just look for episode 248 or just go to ketodietpodcast.com and look for the episode there and you can listen to it there. I've also um, put together a pretty epic blog post about CBD oil, how to choose CBD oils, what to look for based on the kind of symptoms that you're having, uh, whether or not you'd be good with tinctures versus salves versus edibles. I mean, there's so much information out there about CBD oil. No, it's not going to get you high. Uh, specifically, the 
brand that I recommend is called Eaton Hemp. And they have very, 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 very low THC. Okay. So it's uh, the federal regulation requires to be under 0.3% THC for all CBD products outside of the medicinal market. And in the medicinal cannabis market, you'll see larger ratios of CBD to THC with some even reaching one to one ratios. That's why I'm a huge, huge fan of eating hemp. Rather than isolating the CBD and removing it from its natural state, they keep it unfiltered so it provides the full entourage effect with maximum benefits while sticking to the 0.3% THC level. So oftentimes when a CBD oil is made, they like take out the CBD, take out the THC, and then put them together in the levels. But eating hemp takes it a step further and creates the product through a process of keeping it all in one and that allows for the CBD oil to be fully used by the body. So I'm going to include that blog post link in today's show notes because there's a lot to CBD when it comes to the terpenes and there's so many options from full spectrum to broad spectrum to isolate and how you dose. I mean there's so much information so I'm going to include the link in the show notes so you can have a read. And let me know if you have any other questions. Um, it's a really long blog post. So if after reading that blog post, you, you like you should be a pro in CBD after reading that blog post for sure. But that's something else you could look at when it comes to managing pain. And I definitely recommend you check out episode 248 as well. ButcherBox features 100% grass-fed and finished heritage-bred pork and organic free-range chicken. ButcherBox sends you high-quality health-promoting meats directly to your door on dry ice. Free shipping anywhere in the lower 48. ButcherBox makes committing to high-quality protein sources less expensive and more available to all. Their prices are hard to beat and it's challenging to find a higher-quality product anywhere in the USA. I've been using ButcherBox since 2017 and love Love the convenience of a package showing up just when I need it. Their ground sausage is a dream. It's my personal favorite. Head on over to butcherbox.com slash keto diet to build a bundle that fits you and your family and start eating high quality meat without all the hassle of searching high and low for the good stuff. Okay, next question. Gina says, help Leanne. I've been listening for the past nine months to your podcast and thoroughly enjoy it. I was doing well on keto, but I've fallen completely off the wagon. I think the wagon ran over me. (laughs) How do you suggest to get back on track painlessly? Gina, I'm so sorry. Are you injured? That wagon, man. It is brutal, right? Um, a huge step to my own healing and you can take it or leave it. And I'm just being called to share this with you is you remember in the matrix where, um, Neo is looking at that kid and you know, they're bending the spoons and he's like, there is no spoon. It's very much like there is no wagon. The wagon that we've created is a creation and it's not really self-created. It's more socially created. And so it's really, really important to take a step back and ask yourself why, why did you start with keto? Why is this important to you? You know, when my personal experience with keto was I tried everything. I remember sitting in the naturopathic doctor's office and her saying like, your levels are all over the place. Your insulin is skyrocketing. Your hormones are in, what did she say? In the ditch. And it looks like all your hormones were on a light switch and somebody just shut down all the light switches off. 
And she said, you have to stop eating carbs. <laughs> and I was like, I can't stop eating carbs. Like I'm an athlete. I need to keep moving my body and doing these things. And she said, if you don't do this, you're going to get diagnosed with diabetes. I'm like, how is that even possible? I can't, I'm, I'm so thin and I work out all the time. And it was really a struggle for me to understand that what I was doing for my body just clearly was not working. And so the reason I started keto was because I didn't want to get diabetes. I didn't want to be on artificial hormone replacement therapy for the rest of my life. I didn't want to be in the type of pain that I was. So it was very, very important to me to continue to have the life that I wanted to live and to thrive with the life that I had and to constantly build on, on the the health of my body. And so for me, you know, I fumbled and tripped and binged and all the things along the way. But ultimately, the thing that got me refocused was, why am I doing this? Uh, I'm doing this because I want to thrive. I want to feel good. I want to wake up and not be in pain. I want to not have to go in and out of doctor's offices all the time. I don't want to rely on my endocrinologist to keep me happy and whole and healthy. At the time, I was massively anxious and depressed and was chatting with an endocrinologist about going on a bunch of different hormones and supplements and all these things. To And it just wasn't, it was just all patchwork. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just... I felt so quote unquote broken and I didn't want to feel that way. And so anytime I felt like the wagon ran me over, I was like, remember Leanne, there is no wagon. Okay. I'm doing this because I want to feel alive. I want to thrive. I want to feel good in my body, period. Okay. And I did get lost along the way. I mean, I talked very openly about this at the first six months. I had an eating disorder throughout my first year on keto that had come with me from many, 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 many years ago. And I got lost in keto for quite some time, believing that there was a wagon and believing that if I ate too much celery, that I was off plan and needed to purge that celery out of my body. And so it got really dark there because I really wanted to do the right thing, which ultimately ended up hurting me even more. So it's really, really important that we understand the wagon <laughs> generally stops us from, from allowing ourselves to really settle into our why. Now, Gina, you may ask yourself, why did I go on keto? And you're like, I don't know. My friend said it was awesome. So if that's where you're coming at with this, you might have found that when you were on keto, you felt so good, right? Like maybe you're brain was lit up and your moods were better and you walked with a pep in your step. You didn't feel controlled by food. You didn't think about food as much. That could be your why. So you can shift it to what am I experiencing? What did I experience when I was eating keto? How did it make me feel? Ooh, I love that feeling. And if you make it less about your body, because the body and how the body looks is a construct, really. It's this paradigm that we all are forced to be plugged into where it's like if, if our body doesn't look a certain way or, or present in a certain way that we are unworthy. And we know this deep down. That's why we always fall off the wagon because ultimately it doesn't mean anything, okay? And that stress and pressure that we put on ourselves or that is put on us without our choice, without us understanding the conscious impact of of what we're doing to our bodies on a daily basis, it doesn't help the situation. So becoming very, 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 very clear on why you are doing this, why this is important. And it may be that it changes over time. As soon as I got my period back, my keto really changed. Okay. So, Cause my goal was 
I want to get my period back. I want to feel good. I don't want to rely on hormones. Then when I got my period back, okay, okay. So let's keep doing this for a little bit, eat a little bit more, have some more fat. Okay. This is feeling good. Okay. Let's shift this a little bit more here to a little bit more here. And now my eating style looks completely different than it did back in 2014, 2015, when I got my period back 2016, when I started ovulating. And so it bends and flexes with you. So understand that that, that um, goal, the goal post is constantly changing and bending and flexing with your own body. And it is going to change expecting it to always look different for the rest of your life. You're welcome. It's just not feasible. So Gina, I hope that was helpful. Next question is from Lori. Hi, I'm considering buying the bundle, but I have a question. Is your guidance to eat no carbs or less than 20 grams of carbs? I'm a five day a week CrossFit person and I run 15 or so miles a week. I enjoy fitness, so it's not that I'm overworking to lose weight. I have about 15 pounds to lose, so I'm not terribly overweight. I have a hard time believing a variety of foods such as fruits and veggies are bad for me because they contain carbs. I've counted macros several times in the past, but I'm looking for a realistic way to have a healthy lifestyle. Keto scares me because if I go out and have a margarita once a week, I don't want to feel guilty for living and being social. If something throws me out of ketosis, I'll be very stressed. What are your thoughts? Thanks. Okay, Lori is referring to my keto bundle. You can find out more by going to healthfulpursuit.com slash bundle. So the bundle is made up of two programs. The first is the keto beginning and the next is fat fueled. So the keto beginning really is an introduction. If you've never done keto before and you just need a crash course on how to get it done, it gives you a 30 day plan on how to do that. Now that 30 day plan is something that I developed while I was working out quite extensively. And it's the 30 day plan that I personally followed. Is it going to fit you hundred percent? No. And if anyone on the internet or in person or anything says there's a plan that I made, yes, it's going to fit you hundred percent. They're totally lying. They cannot tell for certain that something's going to work for you. Only you can. So if you were to follow that plan and you just feel a little bit flat, you feel like you need more carbs then add them. That's totally fine. Um, the second program that's in the bundle is called fat fueled. Now this is the program that I developed after I got my period back. So this was a program that I developed while I was overcoming a lot of imbalances in my body. And then I wrote this book to help others that have imbalances in their body. Now, Lori, if you have zero imbalances and your body feels so, so great, you mentioned that you have 15 pounds to lose, but that you enjoy fitness and you're not working out to lose weight. So if it doesn't sound like you have any hormone imbalances or any of that, so fat fueled may be a beautiful way of looking at how to create a balanced lifestyle with keto. If you've been around here a little while, you know that I do not take the balls to the wall approach with anything to do with keto. And I agree with you. I, I know in the past, uh, we all have so much to learn right on this planet. And the beautiful thing about being online and having podcasts and YouTube videos is I can look back to content that I made in 2010 and cringe of like, Leon, why did you say this food was bad? I don't like to assign um, good or bad to literally anything in my life or food or anything, whether it be emotions, good or bad food, good or bad vegetables, good or bad sugar, good or bad. None of that. They're just a food. They're just an emotion. It's fine. And feeling all the feels and eating all the things, it's totally okay. So because you do CrossFit, that is a high intensity interval training program. So you have more of the 
anaerobic activity there. Now you also run 15 miles a week. So that's the aerobic activity there. So your program specifically when you're, when you are mixing aerobic and anaerobic together, it becomes very challenging to do a meal plan, whether you choose keto or not, because it requires different fuel sources, because you've said that you want to lose weight. If I were in your position, I would stop the running only because aerobic activity is not necessarily going to help you lose weight and mixing that in with a ketogenic diet, you're probably going to fall flat and not feel good. Whereas with CrossFit, you can get away with a couple carb ups, you can carb up here or there. And I chat about this in fat fueled at, at length. You can carb up here or there and supplement like really heavy lift days with carbs and play around with it that way. Uh, Margaritas once a week, that's totally fine. I really, really value balance in life and mental wellness. The interesting thing about keto, it's really the only eating style where people have control over a tool that tells them whether or not they've been good or bad with their eating style. Like there's no other diet that I know of that you hook yourself up to an inexpensive computer and it's like boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. You've been good. You have three millimoles per liter of ketones. Yay. Or boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. It's 0.8. And then you're like, oh, I totally suck. I shouldn't have had that margarita. So that's the challenge with keto. And what really stressed me out also was tracking all of the time and um, monitoring my ketones all of the time. So I just stopped doing it. And I set the intention to eat low carb, high fat every day. And it just sorted itself out and bent and flexed with me as the time went on. So Lori, I hope that that was helpful. And again, the URL for the bundle, if you're interested, is healthfulpursuit.com slash bundle. You know what I love more than anything in the entire world is helping people. And when I meet a complete stranger and they're telling me about symptoms that they're having or symptoms that their dog is having or their loved one, Oftentimes, the first thing that comes into my head is, you should try CBD oil. And I'm, in fact, sitting in my car right now. I just drove an hour and a half to a friend's place to drop off a bottle of Eaton Hemp CBD oil. Their dog's having a really difficult time with an inflammatory condition. Nobody knows what it is. And I just thought, again, you need to try CBD oil. Now, CBD oil has massively reduced my symptoms of anxiety, but CBD oil does so much more including inflammation reduction, improving digestive function, improving sleep quality, reduces acne. But here's what you have to know before you grab a random bottle and start supplementing. Research, research, research your options thoroughly look for a CBD oil that uses hemp seed oil as the carrier oil. Now the hemp seed oil means that the plant has been kept in its purest whole plant form, allowing for the terpenes and cannabinoids to work together in unison in your body to give you the powerful entourage effect that everyone is always raving about when it comes to CBD. Among high-quality CBD options, Eaton Hemp's unfiltered full-spectrum CBD oil is an all-organic choice. Again, all organic choice. They're one of the first unfiltered CBD products to be USDA certified organic. This guarantees what you see is what you get. No toxins, no pesticides, no label trickery. Eaton Hemp uses hemp seed oil as a carrier for CBD, giving you the full entourage effect, maximum absorption, potency, effectiveness, terpenes, cannabinoids, aka results, which is all good things. If you're like supplementing, how do I even do this? Now, I personally 
only take a dropper full a day with my dogs up until both our dogs passed away. Lexi was supplementing with 15 milligrams. She's a 60 pound dog and Pebbles, who is a 10 pound dog, did a dropper to a day. Now with our dog Coconut, who's developed a little bit of inflammation, I've started giving her 10 milligrams a day and she's an 80 pound dog. I personally couldn't even imagine my life without CBD. It extended Lexi's life by three years, giving us so much more time to spend together when vets said it wasn't even possible. I cannot tell you how powerful a supplement this has been for me and my family. Now, I chatted with my friends over at Eaton Hemp and they put together a sweet deal for you. If you go to eatonhempcbd.com slash keto diet, again, that's Eaton, E-A-T-O-N, hemp cbd.com slash keto diet and use a coupon code keto diet you're going to get 20% off all eaten hemp cbd products that includes the salves and all the crazy things you can get into when it comes to cbd that's 20% off with the code keto diet at eatenhempcbd.com slash keto diet Okay, next question is from Maggie. Hi, Leanne. I am brand new to the idea of keto. Oh, welcome, Maggie. This is exciting. Uh, Truly know nothing about it. However, the little I know seems like this may be a good option for me. I am dealing with infertility currently and adrenal fatigue. I have a huge problem keeping on weight and gaining muscle as my testosterone levels on their own are unchangeable and they are so low. My concern with any form of diet is losing weight, which Maggie doesn't want to do. I just need some clarification on how to do this safely and use your meal plans. Thank you. Okay, Maggie, a couple of thoughts on testosterone levels, testosterone, DHEA, progesterone, basically all the hormones really is supplementation. Okay. So I don't know how you know whether your testosterone levels are low or who's telling you this. If it's a doctor and if it's a really responsible, awesome doctor, perhaps they could chat with you about um, going on some bioidentical hormones. I don't know how low your levels are, but you said they're unchartable. They're so low. And that really concerns me, not from a, ah, you need to be concerned until they stress out, but like, It would be really, really awesome to chat with your doctor about perhaps going on bioidentical testosterone. Now, you've only talked about one hormone, so I don't know what your other hormones are doing. And oftentimes when you play in the whole bioidentical hormone replacement therapy dance, it's that you're often going to need more than one hormone. So usually it goes in tandem where you get on a little bit testosterone and perhaps a little bit of progesterone and a little bit of estrogen and a little bit of DHEA. And maybe you just start small. I'm not sure, but it might be helpful to chat with your doctor about supplementation, um, specifically, not only with the actual hormones themselves, okay, but the supplements that can support those. So for example, if you find out like your thyroid, perhaps, if you've never tested your thyroid, it's your TSH that you want to test for and your free T3, you may find that your thyroid is actually really high. And that's why you lose weight very quickly. You're not able to keep weight on. You're not able to gain muscle is because your thyroid hormones are just so high. And so it can be really, 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 really helpful to understand what's happening here from a hormone level and to really start to support those hormones. Because I think hormones are so incredibly important. And 
personal share right now, I ran out of my thyroid hormone. I'd been on the same hormone for, oh gosh, four years at the same level. It was perfect, perfect, perfect. And then that specific supplement went away and I had to switch. And I went on a very, very similar, like same composition, same everything. It just had a couple of different ingredients, not even the active ingredients. And I've been a hot mess. <laughs> I'm in a hot mess. I get so overwhelmed so quickly. Sometimes I have like these out of mind experiences where I have a really hard time attaching to thought. Um, it feels very similar to when I was experiencing ADHD of just not being able to really truly connect the dots quick enough. And it all relates back to my thyroid. And this is such a small, like it's probably off by a couple micrograms. And so it really reminds us that it's so incredibly important to monitor our hormones, to understand our hormones, to supplement with either supplements to support our hormones or go on bioidentical bioidentical hormone replacement therapy if the supplementation isn't working. And these are very small guys like testosterone, for example, like three milligrams, like small DHEA, maybe five milligrams. Okay. So they're very, very, very small amounts that can make a huge difference. Now, when it comes to adrenal fatigue, because you did mention this, now I call it adrenal dysfunction only because fatigue uh, signals that the adrenals have kind of just like stopped working. Um, dysfunction is that they're not working properly. And that's really what's happening. I'm going to include three resources in the show notes today that you can uh, watch, listen to, read Maggie, and let us know what you think. Um, the first is a video that I made in 2015. Don't judge my eyebrows. It was a while ago. Uh, what to do when your hormones are all over the place and you're exper experiencing adrenal fatigue and how to adjust your ketogenic diet to support your adrenals. The next one is a keto questions episode. Oh, these were so fun. I would like go on live and hundreds of people would come in and they would ask me questions. There was a social platform that we used, but I can't even remember. It started with a P. Oh, times have changed. Um, and I answer all the questions as it relates to adrenals. And then actually the podcast episode, episode number 10 of the Keto Diet Podcast, we chat all about the adrenals as well. So I'm going to include the links in the show notes for you, Maggie, and I hope that helps. Next question is from Kelsey. What is the average amount of carbs per day in your weekly meal plans? P.S. I love your podcast and I listen to it all the time while doing keto. Now my functional doc has me doing just low carb with no with beans, no dairy, no eggs, and I'm happy to see most of your meals can accommodate that. Awesome, Kelsey. I'm glad you are adjusting and going with the flow of your body. That's really, really important. Um, and that you have an awesome doctor on your side that listens to you and supports you and all the things. That's so, so great. And I love hearing that. So the meal plans, which we chatted about a little bit before, um, they are between 20 to 50 grams of carbs per day. And this doesn't include carb ups. So the carb ups are anywhere from one, usually two, sometimes, sometimes three times a week. But I think usually I try to only include one or two of those a year. So like, it's a pretty rare event. So 20 to 50 grams, not including the carb ups. And now I add that variety on a weekly basis. Some days it's 15, other days it's 56, other days it's 24, only because that variety is really, really important for the body. 
almost like think of it as keeping the body guessing as to what's going to happen next. It's very similar to how we approach calorie intake. You never just want to be at 1200, 1200, 1200, 1200, 1200, right? You want to be at like 1200, 2100, 1800, 900, fast day, you know, like, and then 2000, 1900, 1100, 2100, fasting day, and constantly have it guessing up, down, up, down, up, down, sideways, left, right. And and this is really, you know, on those days, I had one of these days yesterday, I had breakfast and lunch and dinner and snack, another snack. And then this morning I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so full. I couldn't even eat a thing if I tried. And then I didn't until like four o'clock. Right. And so just naturally our bodies, if we have too much of one thing and not even I'm saying too much in air quotes, if we have a lot of one thing and then the next day we don't want that thing. And then, you know, you go through these stages where you're like, oh, my gosh, all I want is ground beef and you eat ground beef for nonstop for three weeks. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't even handle ground beef. I never want to see ground beef again. So it's really important to keep it guessing keep your body guessing, keep it going with the ebbs and flows. So in the meal plans, I do just that. And we're constantly ebbing and flowing with different amounts, different carbohydrate intake, different fat intake, but it's all with the intention of maintaining a ketogenic state. So healthfulpursuit.com slash balanced keto has a free sample of the meal plan. So you can always go there, download it. It comes with the meal plan and the shopping list and all the things to get you started on that week and then give it a feel. And if you feel like you need more carbs, add them, less carbs, take them away. It's really, again, it goes back to I make a template that's very easy to follow. Is it going to work for you hundred percent? No. No, it totally won't. There's going to be days where you're like, I can't possibly eat this snack. So you save it for the next day. And then the next day you're like, oh my gosh, I need two of these. And so you have two of them. And so on a weekly basis, it should all just iron itself out and be pretty. uh, You should be able to get through most of the food, if not all of it. But on a daily basis, it may just look a little bit different for you. And that's totally okay. So Kelsey, I hope that that was helpful. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. Okay, Sarah. Over the past two months, I've been religiously doing keto, binge watching your YouTube videos and implementing it carefully into my life. I've also been doing intermittent fasting twice a week. I've been careful about doing this correctly, counting macros, supplementing with sodium, magnesium, potassium, etc. However, ever since I started keto, I lost my period. I'm worried that the keto diet isn't suitable for me. Is there any reason some women might not be good candidates for this diet due to hormonal factors? Sarah, yes, totally. And it's such an in-depth topic. I wrote an entire book about it. Keto for women. I wish I had a copy handy, but I'm moving from house to house and literally have none of my own stuff. So I think it's around 300 pages. It's a lot of pages. And it talks about how to adjust keto for your lady body, because yes, it is different and your hormonal factors are going to be different. For example, when you are ovulating, you're probably going to find like you need more carbs. When you're on your period, you may find like you just want to pound a steak. 
Two very, very simple examples. Perhaps you've had this happen to you multiple times and you're like, why? I don't understand. Or you have like this horrible period where it's so incredibly painful and you look back to the last month and you're like, oh, wow, I eat like way more carbs than I normally do. And so just that and looking at your cycle overall, um, when you do get your cycle back, because you totally will, it's totally okay. When you follow certain protocols and you start to look at your hormonal factors, it can be very easy to be like, I think it's progesterone. I think I'll just eat a bunch of yams. The best thing to do is test. Okay. And I feel like this is the responsibility of every, every single woman on this planet I understand that it's not available to every single woman on this planet and that saddens me so incredibly much because I feel like it is a very basic human need for especially for women to understand where their hormones are at because just like thyroid that little bit that's off for me can throw a whole curveball in my life so can estrogen so so can progesterone so understanding at least these four levels like just four levels progesterone estrogen, TSH, and free T3. Like those four, especially if your period is a little bit off and just understanding where we at here, because what could be happening is that your estrogen is just a little bit lower and it could have gotten lower because your sex hormone binding globulin could have increased while you were on keto. And this is okay. It's just something to watch. Imagine it like little Velcro pieces in your bloodstream and it sucks up all the hormones so that they can't be used. And sex hormone binding globulin can be increased specifically with stress. And, you know, you're saying like you're religiously doing keto and it sounds like you are a great ketoer and you're fasting and you're doing all the quote unquote right things. This can actually cause a lot of stress and as too can eating super, super low carb specifically for women in our fertile years where maybe you're eating 20 grams of carbs and you used to eat 300, of course your cycle is going to change. So you've been doing this for two months. If you're concerned about it, you can ask your doctor to pull your progesterone, estrogen, TSH, free T3. Now, I am guilty of telling doctors that yes, I am planning to get pregnant. My partner and I are trying and I lost my period and I'm really stressed about this. Can we please just run some panels? I've done this in the past, even though I haven't planned on having children because I find often when you go to a doctor and this may not be your experience, but oh my gosh, if I had a dollar for every doctor that said, but are you trying to get pregnant? When I go to them and say, I haven't had my period in, oh my gosh, one year, two year, three year, four years, six years, up to eight years, guys. And the doctors were like, yeah, but are you wanting to get pregnant? <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? I haven't had a period in eight years. Like, who cares about pregnancy? Like, fix this bot. What is happening here? If you do not have a doctor that is willing to run these four basic tests from you or for you rather get another doctor. I'm sorry. Like I used to walk around this whole topic and be like, maybe just respect them and have a cop. No, get a new doctor. Uh, seriously. If, if you can't go to your healthcare professional and say, I'm really worried about this. You know, I, I just, I'd feel better if we just tested progesterone, estrogen, TSH, free T3. So we can understand, you know, why I lost my period before it gets too bad. Uh, what could be happening with my thyroid? You could even say like a sign of thyroid imbalance, like your hair falling out, you're really tired, like just 
try to tie the symptoms that you're having to the hormone imbalances that you're having and talking with your healthcare professional and trying to get these levels. It's really, really helpful because I could talk with you, Sarah, and like, try this, try that, try this, try this, try that. Um, but if we don't know what your levels are, how are we supposed to like, there's no, there's no goalpost. And that's why I say it's so important if you have the means and the ability and the accessibility to have your progesterone, estrogen, TSH, and free T3 tested. These four specifically when your hormones and when your cycle's just doing some funky things are really, really helpful. If that is not available to you, my personal suggestion would be to stop intermittent fasting, okay, and have breakfast, lunch, dinner, at least for a little while until you get your period back. That generally does it. Uh, another thing is stop with the fatty coffees and just have breakfast, lunch, dinner of, of solid foods, like actual food amping up greens and uh, reducing eggs. And uh, you could even try seed cycling. If you just look on the internet and Google seed cycling protocol, it should come up. I mean, Google does some pretty tricksy things right now, so I don't know if it will, um, but good luck with that. And if you need any more support, you can just go to healthfulpursuit.com contact and let us know how things get on for you. Next question. Oh, our last question is from Mary. Uh, my husband and I watched your video and we're so impressed with your story and horrified to learn you were put on the pill at age 14 for any reason. Anyway, I'm writing because I have leaky gut and brain fog and wondered if you could help. I'm also quite sure I have hormone weight gain. We love Jamba Juice smoothies and wanted your take on that too. Hey, Mary. Oh, you sound so sweet. My mom's name is Mary. Hey. Yeah. For those that don't know, I was put on the pill at age 14 because I had really bad acne. I had been on Accutane twice at that point and it hadn't worked. And in retrospect, it was, uh, I don't know, because I had an eating disorder and at that point, yep, I was drinking alcohol and oh, what else? I mean, there's so many reasons why dairy, I was having that bad acne. So if, never should have been put on the pill for acne. But in any case, if I hadn't been, I probably wouldn't be sitting here doing what I love. So hey, okay, a couple thoughts. First, leaky gut. Now, Leaky gut is very, very, very tied to brain fog, okay? As is leaky gut to hormone weight gain, hormone imbalance. When your gut is not good, <laughs> oh man, it's a pain. And it takes time for it to get better. This is not like a one and done approach of, boom, you stop taking antibiotics and all of a sudden your gut is better. But when you are experiencing leaky gut, it can create brain fog. Specifically, you mentioned Jamba Juice. Now, I did a little bit of research on I just went to their website and looked at it. And from what I can understand, Jamba Juice is like you put some juice, some pasteurized juice in a blender with some frozen fruits. Oh, I'm salivating. This sounds really good. <laughs> some frozen fruits, maybe some sweetened yogurt. Likely no protein, but if they do put protein, it's going to be pea protein because I don't know who got the memo that pea protein is good for you. I just, I don't even, how did that happen? But um, if you're going to continue with Jamba Juice, I would say that if you're still wanting to do this, go for water only, like swap out the juice for water. Um, they should do this. I mean, when I was really on the no juice 
um, approach right before I stopped being vegan and turned to keto, all those juice kind of places would replace the juice for water in their smoothies and go for like the greens only smoothies. If they're going to put anything in the smoothie, I would say like stick with like berries and greens and kale and that sort of thing. And if they do add protein like collagen, I mean, good luck with that. No, I don't, I don't know of any place that does collagen in their smoothies instead of that gross plant-based garbage. No offense to people that eat plant-based protein powders. I just, I don't know why they're so popular, but it's best to switch out that juice. Um, That could be contributing to a lot of the brain fog just straight there. Also, they're usually pretty low in fiber, those smoothies. So what I'm getting at is it's best to really eat in and prepare nourishing meals when you're able to. But if you're like, should we go to Jamba Juice and have a smoothie or go to McDonald's and have some fries? I would go with the Jamba Juice and then just switch out the juice for water and try to go for as much greens as possible. If you want some sort of protein in there, I think I saw peanut butter. I can't believe I'm saying this, but like, is the peanut butter sweetened? Oh, there's so many questions I have. And I wasn't able to find out much information on their website, but Sometimes those places have like coconut milk, unsweetened almond milk. Uh, Sometimes they have peanut butter or almond butter, and you can add those butters instead of the pea proteins and stuff to kind of amp up the fats and the protein. Um, But when it comes to leaky gut, and this really is where it all starts and, and ends from, and it's really a huge piece, leaky gut Oh, leaky gut equals stress. Stress equals leaky gut. And I could talk to you all day about stress reduction, but it's really such a mindset thing of little tweaks that you can make in your day that really make a huge impact. I can say, cut out the stress in your life. And that's just not realistic, especially in today's atmosphere, (laughs) reality that we are living and experiencing. Um, So it's really about how can you set up routines that that set you and ground you into your space. So I highly recommend at the beginning of the day, even if it means setting your alarm 20 minutes earlier, get up, move, dance, do yoga and yoga, quote unquote, stretch on the floor, on the bed, listen to music, you know, put your hands over your heart space and just say, I am love. I'm going to have the most beautiful and enriching day or whatever it is. We talk about this a lot on my Love Rebel podcast. If you don't already listen to it, you should. Where you been? You can just look for Love Rebel on your favorite podcast player and hang out with me over there where we talk about not keto and not eating. (laughs) Um, So stress is a big one. Another one is low fiber diets. Um, So as you traverse the keto landscape, it might be really important to you to, of course, set the intention of eating low carb, high fat, but focus on foods that are going to give you fiber. And again, those are going to be those nourishing meals whenever you can, making them at home, adding the kale and the sesame seeds and all the tasty things that are natural and awesome. Antibiotic use is going to cause leaky gut as well. So I like to always think before I experience any antibiotics. Now, sometimes you just got to go on the stuff and you got to deal with it. And I like to supplement with probiotics uh, during a round of antibiotics and then after for many, many, many months afterward, like at very high doses. 
And you also want to remove any inflammatory foods. Now, this includes nightshades, which we chatted about a little bit earlier. Um, they're going to be like the potatoes, tomatoes, um, and anything spicy like cayenne, red pepper flakes. And then you have the capsicum or the um, bell pepper. Grains, sugars are going to be really big for leaky gut. And that's why I chatted about the jamba juice, just getting rid of that juice in that smoothie that you're having. Grains can also attack the gut which can feel not so great. Now, of foods that can start to boost up your prebiotics, they're going to be things like artichokes, onions, garlic. Now, if your gut is very compromised, which mine has been at various points in my life, you may find that eating an artichoke absolutely kills your stomach. So you might have to go very, very small and steady, like just very small doses, like a little bit of chopped onion that's cooked in here or there, and then add a little bit of raw garlic here or there. And slowly over time, your body will be able to handle more. Also fermented foods like sauerkraut, kefir, not so much kimchi because it has um, the spicy in it. Although I've never reacted to the spiciness in kimchi and I honestly don't understand how that's possible um, because it is a nightshade, but somehow with it being fermented, it doesn't bother me as much. But since you don't know that much about your body when it relates to leaky gut and food just yet, I would cut out kimchi or not even go there, but sauerkraut, kefir, kombucha, water kefir, unsweetened yogurt, those sorts of things, those fermented natural foods, trying to have them at every single meal. Another one uh, is huge for leaky gut is going to be collagen and bone broth. So bone broth is amazing and you can buy a whole bunch of it or make it and just cook everything in it. Like Anytime you're cooking anything, cook it in bone broth and it goes a really, really long way. Yeah, I hope that was helpful, Mary. Um, and as, as it relates to your hormone weight gain, I would start with the leaky gut and you'll actually do a lot of work here. And you may find that even by upping your fiber, that makes a huge difference or reducing inflammatory foods that that makes a huge difference. And that's where I would start is with the gut. Okay, I hope you really enjoyed today's show. Next up on the podcast, Wednesday, August 19th, we have episode 265. I interviewed my previous meditation teacher. His name is Abby. We chatted about self-awareness through stress and anxiety. So we chatted a little bit about stress today. So if you're interested in working through more self-awareness practices, this episode is going to be really, really good. I really enjoyed interviewing him. It was a long time coming. We've thought about doing this for ages and it was just so great to have him on the show. So that'll be Wednesday, August 19th. And then Sunday, August 23rd, episode 266. I'm back on with a Q&A and I have collected all of your questions as it relates to weight loss. And I'm going to be answering all of them as to why weight loss isn't happening on your ketogenic diet, all the tools, tips, tricks, and things that I've learned over the last, well, six years on keto, 12 years in this space of adjusting things to help it work for you and your body and your goals and all the things. So I will see you over there. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor should it be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. 
Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.